Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we are beginning our uh, study in the book of Acts, which is actually the Acts of the Apostles. It tells the different things, that the acts, the actions that they had. Uh, this was written, oh, about 60, between 60 and 62, and that's not 19, that's odd, odd, right? And written by Luke. Uh, now, Colossians 4.14 tells us that Luke was a physician. And it says right here, and this is, this is Paul writing, says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. This is how we, how we know. This is, this is Paul writing a letter to the, the church in Colossae. And so he's explaining who Luke is, Luke the physician. And, and Luke was a, a companion of Paul's, uh, through, actually, I think throughout his time when he was imprisoned in Rome as well. And what Luke is doing here is just again sharing all the different things that went on with the apostles. Uh, we will see, not tonight, but we will see in this study, we will see uh, the martyrdom of Stephen, the first recorded Christian martyr. And there was a young man that was overseeing this martyrdom by the name of Saul. We will go on to see the conversion of Saul to Paul, whom we just talked about, uh, how he had his road to Damascus meeting with Jesus. So he's talking about a guy radically changed by Jesus Christ, like a lot of you are out there that I know. Uh, so I really enjoy the book of Acts. There's a lot of neat stuff going on in here. The, tonight's study uh, pretty much uh, is laying things out. It's under the heading in the Bible as prologue. So why don't we pray and then get into that? Dear Lord, Thank you again for this time where you get to meet together and to study your word. Again, thank you for your word. Please open our hearts and minds to your word. Um, thank you for this, uh, the blessings of this day. Uh, it's snowing here in the mighty metropolis of Chino Valley, Arizona, and we thank you for that. Pray protection on everybody on the roads tonight. And Lord, please keep me from making a mess of this. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, starts off. The former, former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible tr proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit who has come upon you. 
You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things, and while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, the Sabbath day's journey. And when they entered, they went up to the upper room and where they where they were staring, staying, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120. And he said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this community. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his entrails gushed out. And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem. So that field is called in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, his dwelling place will be desolate and let no one live in it, and let another take his office. Therefore, these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptizing baptism of John to the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. And they proposed too, Joseph called Bersabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So this is how things are beginning after Jesus was ascended. Okay, verse 1, the former account I made, which is the gospel of Luke, right? If you look back in the book of Luke, it talks, he's writing to uh, old great Theophilus. It says, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Now, Theophilus was a, an, an, a, a, a Roman official. That's there. And uh, his name, Theophilus, means friend of God. Okay, so now we go on that where Jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, the day that he was ascended, right? After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given the commandment to the apostles he had chosen. What was that? Well, let's go look back in Matthew 28, 
It should be fairly familiar because it wasn't all that long that we studied Matthew. Matthew 28, verses 18 uh, through 20, where it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Okay, so this is what what Luke is talking about, that from this point on, this is what, what, what happened. Okay, says, uh, from the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he presented himself again, alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Okay, been seen by them. Well, let's go look in the book of Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll be looking at verses 5 through 7, where it says, And that he was seen by Cephas. Cephas is the name of Peter. Okay. Then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he has been seen by James and then by all the apostles. Okay, this is what Luke is referring to here. Now, Paul goes on to say that then he was seen by, at last of all, he was seen by me also, as one born out of due time. Okay, remember, Paul by this time had been Saul, this great Pharisee of Pharisees, who was persecuting those of the way, the Christians. Okay, so this is what's going on here. Now, let's get back to where we were. Okay, now, he goes on here to say in, in verse 4, and being assembled together... With them, he commanded them. Okay, this is Jesus being assembled with the apostles. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, can you just imagine waiting for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus has promised these guys. Now, he said it wasn't going to be all that long, but you'd have to be waiting with anticipation. And all of a sudden, that brought up the, the old Heinz ketchup commercial, right, that had the Carly Simon song, Anticipation, and it took them for all the commercial for one drop of ketchup to drop. But, you know, you'd be anticipating uh, what's going to happen. How is this Holy Spirit going to come upon us? That's in next week's edition. Okay, now. Therefore, verse 6, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? They still really haven't got it. They're still expecting either a military or a uh, political intervention and get them out of the situation they were. You know, here to really rid themselves of the Roman occupiers that were going on. Uh, I don't know if any of you have been watching or have watched uh, the uh, 
television series, The Chosen. Pam and I started watching that here uh, last year, and it really is pretty interesting. It's okay. A lot of people will say, well, it's not all biblical. No, it isn't all biblical. I, I agree. All the stuff that they do that's biblical, they do according to the Bible. But the other stuff is not biblical, but it is plausible. And it talks about all the people coming up and saying, when Messiah comes, Rabbi says when Messiah comes, he's going to rid of us, all of these Romans and all the steel. All this time, the Jews had thought that when the Messiah comes, he is going to bring them being back to a world power and everybody else is going to have to bow down to them, which is not the case. Jesus was not here to have his kingdom on earth, but his heavenly kingdom. Okay, now, verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Here Jesus is showing his submission to the Father. Okay, Jesus is showing his submission to the Father. Okay, and it says here, again, that verse 8, but you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. Witnesses. You know what? All of us who are believers are called to be witnesses. Not necessarily the easiest thing, but how are we to do this? Through the power of the Holy Spirit by submission. Just as Jesus submitted to the Father on his authority, we are to submit to Jesus, and we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So then when the Holy Spirit moves within us to be witnesses, we can depend upon him. We don't have to depend upon ourselves. Because by ourselves, we're unable to do these kind of things. But on the power of the Holy Spirit, we can. And this is what Jesus is telling the apostles. Okay, now, it says, you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay, what, what's he talking about here? Okay, figure this. Jerusalem is where Jesus was executed at the word of an angry mob. Judea rejected his ministry. Uh, when I was preparing for this, the old hymn, Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted, came to mind. Because there, in Jerusalem, what happened to Jesus? He was stricken, smitten, and afflicted. He was rejected. He was sent off to be crucified, all in God's plan. Remember, Jesus went to be crucified. He wasn't taken to be crucified. He went willingly to pay the price for what? Our sins. Hmm. Okay. Now, also, Samaria, which is regarded at the time, and they, they show this in that, again, that TV series, The Chosen. I, I'd recommend it. I think it's pretty neat. Uh, it regarded as a wasteland of impure half-breeds. Okay. Now, in the uttermost parts of the earth, David Guzik says, the Gentiles were seen by some of the Jews of that day as nothing better than fuel for the fires of hell. <laughs> they call them pigs. They wouldn't much for them. Okay. There. Now, verse 9, when he, Jesus, had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Um, Old Testament, this is referred to Shekinah, which is the cloud of glory. 
It's referred to this clouds of cloud of glory in the Old Testament more more than once. And Shekinah is the Hebrew word for this. Okay. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, he went up. And two men stood by them in white apparel and said, also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up in heaven? Isn't it interesting that two angels announced the ascension of Jesus, just as the angels announced his birth on Christmas Day? Hmm, okay. It says, this same Jesus, who was taken up from you to heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Huh, where have we heard this? Well, let's take a look in the book of Revelations. Revelation, verse chapter 1, verse 7 says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, remember Shekinah, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Jesus is returning in a cloud just as he ascended. Okay, now, let's go back. Keep on going here. Verse 12, it says that they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount Olivet, called Olivet. That's the Mount of Olives, okay, same place, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. What is a Sabbath day's journey? Well, it's about two, it's 2,000 cubits, which is approximately a half a mile. And it was thought at that time, if you traveled further than that, right, then you're breaking the fourth commandment of keeping the Sabbath day holy. Remember the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. So if you went more than 2,000 cubits, you were guilty of breaking that commandment. This is legalism at its finest. Aren't you glad that we aren't held to that legalism today? There are many churches that will do this, say that you must do this, you must do that. But the one thing that you must do to be saved is only one thing, and that's in believe in Jesus Christ. That's it. Okay. Now, verse 13. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Now, some folks seem to think this might have been the same upper room where the Last Supper was right before the crucifixion, you know, where, where Jesus instituted communion. Uh, there's no real specific uh, um, evidence to that, but it's 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 different scholars seem to think that. Okay, but the upper room where they, meaning the apostles, were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and James, pardon me, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas, son of James. Now, remember, Judas was a fairly common name there. This is Judas, son of James. This is not Judas Iscariot, who was the one who betrayed Jesus. Okay. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Um, the women, um, more than likely, some of these women were, were the wives of the apostles. Well, what do you say about that, Willie? Well, think about it. 
Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. So if he had a mother-in-law, he had to be married. Now they go on again in, in the this again the um, television series The Chosen. They show Peter's wife and give her a name and all, which again is plausible, but it's not biblical. Okay, but more than likely the women were uh, were wives of the apostles. Now it says, and in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about. 120. Now, obviously, that's a lot more than 12 disciples. You know, we always think, oh, the 12 disciples. You know, and I, I did growing up, and it was always the 12 disciples. But there's obviously more if they had 120 to choose from. Okay, when you get down to it, as believers, we are called to be disciples of Christ. What does that mean? Following the disciplines, the teachings of Jesus. So truly, as believers, we too are disciples, just not in the sense that we read about in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible. Well, it is in the sense because we're called in the same manner. Okay, now, he said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke of before the mouth of, by, before, pardon me, by the mouth of David concerning Judas. Well, that's coming from Psalm 41.9. Let's see what Psalm 41.9 has to say. It says, Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who I who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. Okay, so Peter's quoting Psalms. Of course, he's Peter's a good Jewish boy. He'd been to Sabbath school and done all that, so he has an idea what's going on with that. So he recognizes that the Holy Spirit, through David, spoke of Judas back in the psalm. Okay, said, who had become a guide to those who arrested Jesus? For he, again, Judas Iscariot, was uh, numbered with us and obtained obtained a part in his ministry. Now, what was one of the, what was one of the things that Judas was involved with? Well, he was the keeper of the money bag. Now, if you look in the book of Mark, when Mary anointed Jesus with a spikenard, which is a very expensive perfume, uh, Judas was the one who, oh my, we could, well, this is a waste, you know, that, that we could have sold that for 300 denarii, which was about a year's uh, worth of wages, and fed all the poor. Well, really what Judas was looking to do is to stash some of that cash in his pocket, because that's the kind of guy he was. You know, but there it is. He was a guy in charge of the money bag. And it's interesting to think, wow. And Jesus chose him to be one of the original 12. It, it doesn't seem, again, to me, this is one of those things that we, with our finite brains, are trying to under, understand an infinite God. But Judas had to be part of the 12, again, to be, as David said in the book of Psalms, and also Judas had to betray Jesus for Jesus to be crucified for us to be saved. It's great when you start looking. I love the, I love, I'm a history guy. I love history, and I love this book of Acts because it tells us deeper on all these things that are going on. Okay, now, verse 18. 
Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his entrails gushed out. And it became to became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem, so that the field is called on, in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. Let's, let's look at that. Let's look at Matthew 27. Matthew 27, 3 through 10, says, Then Judas, his betrayer, Jesus' betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful, and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is it to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Now, this is where the purchase of this potter's field comes from. But the priest took the silver piece and said, it's not lawful for us to put in a treasury because they are the price of blood. And they consulted together and bought with them the potter's field. So Judas's 30 pieces of silver, which he got from them, is what purchased this field, the potter's field, to bury strangers in. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then the, that then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, and they took 30 pieces of silver, the value of him who was priced, right, the value of Jesus, slave price, whom they gave, whom they of the children of Israel priced and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. So that's how this all ties in together. Field of blood. Verse 20 goes on to say, For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one live in it. Okay, this ended up being for uh, a burial ground, right? And let another take his office. So this is what Peter's up to now. It says This is quoting Psalm 69, 25 and Psalm 108, well, pardon me, 109, 8. So this is what Peter's up to now. He says, let another take his office. So here we go. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all this time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, being from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness of us of his resurrection. Okay, to take over the spot that Judas left and to be chosen from that group. Okay, this just makes sense. This is how they decide to choose. So they said they proposed to Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice. Okay, Joseph is Hebrew. Barsabbas is Aramaic. And Justice is Latin. So I guess they really wanted to make sure which Joseph this is they're talking about. Evidently, there weren't very many Matthiases to talk about, and they didn't go into that detail on Matthias. Okay. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, fell, that he might go to his own place. And they cast lots that fell on Matthias, and he was numbered among the 11 apostles. Now, this is kind of interesting. You know, the casting of lots. It seems like, gee whiz, what are we doing here? You know, we're, we're gambling to, to get the next, the, next, the, the next apostle. Well, again, Guzik puts it this way. The casting of lots may be an, an imperfect way to discern God's will. 
But it is much better than the methods many Christians use today. That is to rely on emotions, to rely on circumstances, feelings, or carnal desires, and gone and on and on. Okay. Now, when we look at casting lots, we got to look at lots were cast to figure out the reason for the storm in the book of Jonah. We studied the book of Jonah here in the last couple of years. And so in Jonah 1, verse 7, here they cast lots to find out who it is. And it goes towards Jonah. And he says, yeah, you're right. I'm the guy. I'm the reason we have this storm. Pitch me overboard and the storm will stop, which it did. Casting of lots. And also, they cast lots, right, for Jesus' clothing when he was crucified, which fulfills prophecy from Psalms 22:18. Again, casting of lots, not, a, not an uncommon thing. But the bottom line here, the bottom line here is that they prayed for God's guidance in selecting this in verses 25 and 26. I mean, 24 and 25. They did not just rely on the casting of lots. It's kind of, um, gosh, who was it who laid out a fleece? I should know this, Old Testament. Says, you know, if the fleece is wet, then I know what you're saying. You know, this is from you, type of thing. So, uh, same kind of deal. Okay, Lord. You no, know, I've, I've flipped a coin once or twice. Okay, heads, I'll go to lunch today. Tails, I won't. Well, it came up tails today because it was snowing, but that, I wasn't reading. Anyway, my, my other friends were a little bit tougher than me. Okay. Again, here we are. We're starting off with Luke's account of the Acts of the Apostles. Starts off with Jesus' ascension and also with the choosing of the replacement for Judas Iscariot. Uh, this is just, just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many more things. Again, we get to see, uh, the, um, martyrdom of Stephen and having Saul look that over. And then just a few chapters later, Saul <sighs> getting his come to Jesus moment. You know, he was out, he was out with papers to go take more of the way and bring him back to, to Jerusalem and actually put him to death was a deal. So there's a lot of things that we have going on here. We'll also see the different things that the apostles did. Now, the things that the apostles did, they weren't, we go back, I got to, let me back up. Okay. We go to the resurrection, and there's people who still say today, oh, that's a bunch of baloney. You know, one thing they might say is the disciples rolled the rock back, and they stole the body, right? Okay, we'll see in the book of Acts the different things that happened to the apostles. Now, people will go to their death for something they don't know to be a lie. Uh, Jamestown, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, that kind of stuff, right? People will go to their death for doing something they know that, that they don't know that's a lie. They will not go to their death for something that they know that is a lie. So they would know that it was a lie that they hid Jesus' body and that he really wasn't resurrected. Again, more proof of the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, I was watching a thing just the other night, and it had Lee Strobel. You may have heard of him. He wrote a book, The Case for Christ. If you haven't heard of him, haven't read that book, Probably a neat thing to read. And it talks about there's more evidence for the resurrection of Jesus than for many other things that we know in history. Uh, so there it is. You wouldn't go to your death for a known lie. All right. 
I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. We're going to continue on doing this again next week. Uh, again, I really appreciate all of you who tune into this, and I really pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look up, look, ah, look upon you and give you his peace. Amen.